I'm like just I shared it earlier this morning, but I'm confident that God has called us together here this morning. That for for us to be here, like it's lucky he he ordained it for us um, for this group of us to be here together, and that it actually it's it's important for us to believe when God speaks to us. You know, sometimes I think a challenge in a church is like we can hear the word of God, but it, we can always hear that it's really applicable with those other guys. Um, and uh, the ones who will do it, the, the wild ones, you know, or the, the whoever. But uh, I think God called us together this morning that, he's, that you are being preached to this morning, and that the, that the Word of God applies to your life this morning, and that there's a, there's a call that the Lord has for you. Does that make sense? Um, so I actually think God fashioned us to be here this morning like that. So I want to um, just jump in and um, so just recap a little bit for us. The last two weeks we've been speaking, so two weeks ago, um, I, or, or the last two weeks we've been speaking about devotion, you know, what do we do with our lives, like what are we devoted to, and it came from this verse in James 4 that says, now, now listen you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on some business and make some money, and then this is the verse, he says, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, he ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And, uh, and this is where the, the prop came in, that, uh, the example that I used. And literally, this is what the Word of God says. That we think we're going to be here forever. Okay, I'm looking at this side. This is a, it's a younger crowd than that side this morning. Okay, And uh, I'll put myself on this side. For now, I'm still in my 20s. Okay, And, um, and so <laughs> I... I think I'm going to live forever. But the problem is, there's, um, there's others that are not at that stage where they think they're going to live forever. And, and the Bible says, actually, none of us will. He says, your li- this is your life. He says, it's literally like this. Oh, work now. Come on. Okay. I sprayed someone with something. I'm sorry. Someone turned the nozzle. Here we go. Uh, this way. There we go. That's a mist. Okay. <laughs> and it says, this is what it is. It's your life is like this. Not that. <laughs> it's, okay. One, one spray of that is going to smell like a soon, okay? That, okay. <laughs> this bottle doesn't work. But, um, let's just say that, that it's like a mist. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And, um, and you know, we, we don't always think about it like this. It's literally your life in, in the scope of God. It says like, for, for, for the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. It's like this for Him, you know. And, um, and it just says, we think that we're going to be here forever and that we're storing up for ourselves treasures here on earth and, and how can we make life on earth nice? Yet it's like that. Yet today, gone tomorrow. The problem is what you do in the mist determines how eternity will look like. And um, and just feel that really there's a burden for us as a church that God is calling us like, guys, don't store up treasures for yourself here on earth. Think about eternity. And uh, live life in the mist like it's going to matter one day. All right? And um, so we started by the first week we looked at making Him Lord of our lives again. And actually say there was this terrible word that says actually Him being Lord become, means we becoming slaves to God. Okay, and uh, like that's a Lord and Master means like we are slaves, and we we positioning ourselves like that. That's actually saying God, you're Lord over us again, 
And then Mike last week looked at devotion. It's just when it comes to the, we, I, I think the, the bulk that I took away from that is like, devotion comes from within. No one can force it upon you. No one can force you to be devoted. Devotion is something that we bring to the table and says, they devoted themselves. They gave of themselves. All right. And, um, and where this all started for me, or, or for us, what, what I felt the Lord speak to me was this portion in 2 Corinthians 8. And I, I want to read the whole portion again, but, See, we can only, let's read this, let's just read verse 5. It says, And they exceeded our expectations, because they first gave of themselves, they gave, they gave of themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. And so, we, we started with that, it's like, we, with, um, in the first week, making him the Lord. It said, they first give themselves to the Lord. And I think some of us as Christians, of course, that makes sense. That's why we're here. Okay. We're giving of ourselves to the Lord. And they, there was a deeper calling to that. But then this one is sometimes where I think many of our religious or maybe cultural boxes get a little bit broken. Where it says, and by the will of God, they gave of themselves to one another. Um, as important. You know, I'm not going to jump into all the verses this morning, but how many times did Jesus say to the guys, you know, this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And he says, and the second is like it. This way. Love your your brother, love your sister. It's this and this. And um, who of you have been reading Acts with us over the over the last month? Okay, I hope some of you. If you if you missed it, I missed a few chapters, and I have to jump up and catch up quickly. There's time, okay? But we we in Acts 21 today, and um, I was just reading actually this morning. I went from 17 to 21. I just read or, no 14 to 21. Read the whole week stuff, and um, and I was amazed at. Don't you? I don't know how it's like with you guys, but don't it feel like something burns within you when you read about the early church? And like just how it feels like day after day after day after day, there was just the power of God among these people. And uh, it's like their lives were consumed with this thing that the Lord saw it was the church. It's like suddenly you didn't read about everyone that was continuing on their day job and whatever. It's like they were consumed with this thing, like the church of Jesus has been birthed. Um, does this feel like that for you guys too? And, um, and a lot of that was this way, but a lot of it was this way. And um, so I want to look at that this morning. So I just want to jump to, um, I actually, like Ivan said, I do have two preachers here. And uh, so the trick is this morning where, where to get to. But I, I'm going to go with, um, with this. So um, I want to read this for us. And uh, I think I often put this for us together. But Second Corinthians 5 verse 9 says this. So we make it our aim to please God, whether at home, in the body, or away from it. Who of you, who of you wants to please God? All right? I feel that's something that I've, I've grown up with. You know? It's like we want to please Him well. And uh, so Paul's writing this. He says, our aim is this. We want to please God, whether we're here or whether we're away. Um, we want to please Him. But then he says this in Hebrews as well. He says, but without, uh, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So what's required to please God? Faith. Okay, you guys with me? To please Him requires faith. And then it says in James 2, verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to them, Go in peace, Keep warm, be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? 
In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. All right? So here we see the full picture. It says, great. You have a desire to please God? That's good. Our aim is to please God. How do we please God? Faith. We need faith, okay? Nothing that just comes out of pure religion or, or, or like um, just action or, or someone forcing into it pleases God. But what, 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 um, what gives power to faith is works. And, um, and I think sometimes we get caught up in this. There was a, there was a big thing that um, served the church probably how long ago would it have been, 15 years ago, that said, you don't get saved by works, you get saved by faith, okay? You guys have heard that prayer? Or that message, 100% true. Okay, we don't get saved by it. We don't earn salvation through it. But it says, and then James actually says, you don't get saved by works, but you get saved for works. Like we've been called for something in the house of God. It's like you're not just called to warm up a chair and know that you're going to go to heaven one day. No, man. What you do in the midst matters. You've been called for good works. All right. Is that, are you guys with me? It looks very quiet this morning. Okay. Thank you. And, um, but now I want to ask you, who have you often wondered when you, when you heard something like this? Okay, great, that I'm in, but what am I supposed to do? Like, there's only one guy per Sunday that can stand here and preach. There's only one or two guys that can lead the meeting per Sunday. There's only one or two guys and a, or a team that can lead worship on a Sunday. I'm in, but what am I supposed to do? How many of you have felt like that before? All right. And, um, I think, um, I think that's a mindset that the Lord wants to break this morning. Because so often, I think a lot of shine comes this way. And actually, Jesus said, you know, that, and I'm speaking about myself now, that I'm supposed to be, to get the least honor among us. He says, when, when a, when a beggar comes into someone, like, most of the honor should go that way. And, um, and because that's true love, actually. Like, and the one who looks like we should get the most honor should actually become the least of these. And, and get the least shine, and, um, and, and we should bestow honor another way. And, um, and I think sometimes like, it looks like this is where all of us should get to, you know, the front, the shine, this is what it looks like to walk in the purpose of God. And there's maybe for some here and there that it, that it requires that. But actually, all of us have been called together as a body, and all of us have a role to play, but not all 80 of us that's here today can preach. Okay, we'll be here for a while. So, so what do we do? And uh, so that's what I want to go at this morning. And um, I'm going to just, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert now, okay? We're still busy in Acts, but I'm going to give you the ending of Acts, okay? So Acts 28, Paul, oh, it's like, oh, okay. So Acts 28, you would think at the end of Paul's life, okay? He's now, who if you know where Paul went to today? Someone read Acts 21 today? Great. <laughs> okay. Acts 21 today, when you read it later today, Paul went to Jerusalem, and actually said, a guy came to him and gave him a dream. Look, you, your legs are, this is what, what the Lord said. It, and he took Paul's belt. He says, this is what will happen to the owner of this belt. And he bound Paul's legs and said, when you go to Jerusalem, you're going to end up in prison. Okay? So all the other Christians are like, okay, Paul, don't go. Okay, just stay. And Paul said, listen, yeah, if I go to prison, or even if I die for God, I'm okay with that. Yeah? So that's been a wild course up until now. All right? God actually gives you a promise. If you go, this is what will happen to you. Okay, I think most of us would have tapped out. All right, some other cause then. And, um, and then we get to Acts 28, where Paul is actually in Rome. 
and, um, and he's about to die. He's lived his life. And you would think Paul in Acts 28 would write this monster letter, guys. Okay, if I can leave one last thing with you, remember this. But there's nothing of that, okay? Just spoiler alert. Like, he kind of just dies. And, um, and so, you're like, okay, cool. What was that all about? And um, so what we have to do is we actually have to go to some of Paul's other letters, where what he was writing while he was in prison in Rome before he, before he died, and that we can see what were some of the things that he, that he said to the people um, as he was, because he knew he was going to die. And Paul finally died with his head being chopped off, you know. And, um, but, um, so let's do this. In 2 Timothy 4, we're going to go to that. And you know what I'm really excited about today? Is this is, I've, I've never been in church where I've heard a message preached out of a portion like this. Sometimes you read the Bible, and uh, who if you likes it when it's like this bunch of names that you can't even pronounce? And you're like, why did this even make the Bible, okay? And uh, I've never heard a preach out of that. But I'm actually going to preach out of a portion like that, which is a bunch of names. And uh, I want to show you something out of it. So 2 Timothy 4 from verse 6. And uh, I need my Bible for this. I actually did bring it here. I, I need to give it to Francho, by the way, afterwards. My Bible is falling apart. Um, 2 Timothy if you've got a Bible, you can please go there with me because I, I want to show you something. Um, all right. So in, in 2 Timothy 4, from, um, from verse 6, Paul's writing this. And he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and my time for departure is near. Okay, can you hear this guy knows? Okay, people, I'm, I'm about to go out of here. And he says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. And um, how many of you wish that at the end of your life you can say that? I ran my race. My mist is coming to an end here. But I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've done what the Lord has sent me to earth for. You know, and you know what's sad for me when I read that? It's many people in their mist have fought some fights. And they ran some races. But it wasn't the good fight. And um, they've maybe fought some fights at business and, uh, and fought to, to keep what they have. But they haven't fought the good fight. They haven't run their race. And they still die. And this, the problem is, what you say here now, I don't know how to make this bottle work at the first go, okay? But the, but the problem that we said this last time is you don't get a rerun of this. Okay? It doesn't even... Okay, that's maybe applicable. It doesn't even want to work anymore. Okay? You didn't get a rerun at this. When, when your mist comes to an end, that's it. And, um, and so what we do in the mist matters. And, and so Paul says, I fought the faith, I've kept the faith, I ran my race. And then he says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge. Remember crown of righteousness last time we spoke about treasures that we're going to throw down before him, our crowns. So he says, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So he's saying, guys, I'm getting crowned, and there's a crown for you guys if you run your race well. Treasures that we're going to throw down before the Lord. And you would think, wow, that's a cool way to exit earth, okay? And uh, Paul probably ended there, but he, but he doesn't, okay? And then he goes on, and you can see in, um, in, in my Bible, I don't know if you can see that well, but, but there's this... That was now that I've kept the five portion. And then there's this next section that says personal instructions. Or in the NIV it says personal remarks. I don't know if you have it, you have it in your Bible. So who if you believe that, that this is 100% fully the Word of God? 
Okay? Written by Jesus, like inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is fully the Word of God. So I always wondered, how did Paul get it right to put some personal remarks in there um, that actually made the Bible, you know? And uh, it is still Holy Spirit inspired, okay? But um, the first thing that I feel the Lord wants to do today, that He wants to get out of us, that not only what is visible in the front matters for Him, okay? Like, that is not the only, the only place that we get to play a part that actually matters before God. And uh, I want to show you this. Um, so we're going to read from verse 9. This is his personal remo- remarks. And he says, Do your best to come to me quickly. It says, writing to Timothy. He says, For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone on to Thessalonica. It's terrible, okay? Christians has gone on to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. And get Mark and bring him with you, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And then he says this, When you come, bring the cloak that I left with, um, with Carpus at Troas and the scrolls, especially my parchments. Now, I'm just saying, that took up some, some portion in the, in the Bible there, okay? Now, one verse that you would find early in Timothy, is Paul's encouraging him, says, Timothy, um, be an example to the believers in speech, in faith, in truth, in all that stuff. And that sounds like something I would have in a letter, in a letter written to me that I want to be read out in the church. And I wonder, why would he say, okay, cool, just when you come, would you bring my jacket that I forgot? Adam, and how did that make the Holy Scriptures, okay? The same, same amount that we took, taken up to say, for so God loved the world that He sent His only Son. Same portion like that. Paul gets some personal remarks in here. It's like, hey, I left a jacket. Would you bring that with me? Now, what does that have to do with us today? All right? And we'll get to it. No, no. But I don't know if you guys enjoy reading the Bible like this, but sometimes I think, like, how did he get this in? And the Holy Spirit actually said, okay, cool. They will read that forever. And then it says, here's verse 14. It says, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. Okay, how's that for personal remarks? The Lord will repay him for what he has done. Okay, okay, way to go for some personal remarks, Paul. You too should be on your guard against him because he opposed our message strongly. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. I'm in verse 18 now. And bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So that sounds like great. Paul's out of here. Mic drop moment. Okay, I've ran my race. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. That's it. I'm out of here. But then, if you've got your Bible with you, you'll see this. Then the second thing that says, final greetings. Okay? So it's not done yet. And then he says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. You remember if you were at 412 where Apollos, we actually read that in the week. Apollos that was trained by Priscilla and Aquila. It's better together. Okay? That's them. And the household of Omniphorus, that's one massive name. Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Triumphus sick in Maltus. Okay, now two things here. Who calls the child Triumphus? And secondly, and this is not what I want to go for, but you would think, I mean, just that verse right there, you think, listen here, you're leaving everything behind to travel with Paul. Okay, this is Paul. And if you travel him, surely... God will take good care of you, okay? He gets sick. He gets sick, okay? But don't worry, you're with Paul. People brought hankies to Paul and took it to their friends and they got healed, okay? So you'll be all right. And he's writing this, he says, I left him sick in Miltus, okay? Now, 
everything, like, why did he just pray for the guy? All right? And uh, I just think there, and this is not the aim of the preach this morning, but sometimes choosing to follow the Lord and doing what he asks us to do doesn't always mean that everything will just be okay. Just a side note. All right? Um, it doesn't mean that you'll always just be healthy and everything will be okay and we're gonna, it'll all be sorted out. There, sometimes in the mystery and the sovereignty of God, like, Triumphus was left sick. And we don't know why. But God is still on the throne. And, uh, and can Jesus be in that picture? Can we see Jesus as that? Where we thought we've given up this high price. Surely he can just heal me. Now, we don't know even what was wrong with him, but it was enough that he couldn't travel further. And, um, yeah, okay. And, um, and, uh, and that, that we would think God would surely heal him, but the Lord just choose to not. And could we still f- follow and serve him when it doesn't come in our frame of reference? And that's real, okay? I just want to say, this wasn't the cold. It was probably worse because he couldn't travel. And um, so just leave that there with you. And then he says this in verse 21. Do your best to get here before the winter, okay, because he needs his cloak. Um, Eubulus greets you. That's a name. And so do Prudence, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. And that's it. Okay. And when I read that, I just got a question, and that's why. Okay? Why did this make the Bible? Why those names? Why, why the cloak story? And, um, and, you know, this is not the only portion where Paul does that. In Romans 16, the whole portion is about him thanking people um, and, and naming them by name for what they've done. And, um, and I, I was reminded of, you know, my little one just shouted like that now. She's 14 months now. But 14 months ago, when she was born, coolest day ever, okay? I, uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, Mariska and Marnay woke me up and said, okay, it's time. We need to go. And um, I, <laughs> I've, I've got discovery insurance for my car, which means I need to drive nice. Okay, that night I broke all the laws that I could. Okay, I was like, we're going to a hospital. Okay, we had to shoot through to Panorama. It was like a long track that side, okay? And um, so we get there and... Um, and you would think like, okay, so once we get to the hospital, there was a whole bunch of people that had to jump into action for, in order for that baby to be born, okay? There was the, there was the check-in staff. We had to fill in insurance forms. There was nurses. There was food service people because I was hungry. There was um, the, the janitors that had to clean earlier, okay? There were security people at the doors. There was parking guys outside. There was the linen service people because my wife doesn't want to lay on a dirty bed, okay? And there was building maintenance people that had to do, like long before we were there, that had to, all of those guys played a role that by the time we got there for a baby to be born, they actually had to do what they had to do, all right? So now we're there. And um, like every birth always goes, the people would know, it just always goes exactly as planned, and nothing ever goes wrong. And so, hey, where are you from? Hello. <laughs> okay, this is her. Come stop. <laughs> and, um, and so, it didn't go to plan, okay? So after my wife was in labor for 24 hours, okay, a marathon runner, um, Eventually, the little one's heartbeat started dropping, and so they said, okay, cool, we have to do emergency C-section. By that time, both of us was like, we don't care how, just get her out of here, okay? And so, as soon as that happened, 
there was a whole bunch of other people that had to jump into action, okay? So suddenly you had the anesthesiologist, okay? That's a name, okay? There was the surgery prep team. There was actually the pediatrician. There was the gynae. There was rehabilitation people that had to, had to help, like, care for her. There was a whole bunch of people that jumped into action the moment that happened, okay? Now, why did I feel to mention that? Okay, the, the listen list just goes on. If someone asks us today, who was the doctor that helped us for Lisa to be able to get born, we can say, no, Dr. So-and-so, who we were with, okay? But I tell you now, if the linen service people didn't do what they had to do, I would have gone to another hospital, all right? If the maintenance people didn't do what they had to do and there was a leak in the roof when we got there because it was raining that night, I remember that, I would have gone to another hospital. And um, yet, if you ask me, so who was the doctor that helped you? You can name him by name, and he was the one that helped us. And how often is that like that in church? where you, you bring someone, you bring a friend, and, or you invite someone, someone rocks up here, and I get to preach and make an altar call and lead them to the Lord and maybe do a little bit of the walking with them and they get baptized and ask you, who led you to the Lord? Now, Hannah's did. Yet, that's a baby being born. And in order for a baby to be born, there's a whole bunch of people that need to play their role and their function so that the baby can be born and being raised in a healthy family. And I think often we get stuck on this. It's always Ivan or, or Barrent or whoever makes the altar call that gets to lead these people to the Lord. Yet if we don't do what we're supposed to do in our body, there'll be no babies firstly. And, uh, and, and babies, like if you, if you just deliver the baby and leave them there, they won't make it for five minutes. And, um, and I think the lie that the enemy comes at us for is like, just because you've seen, it doesn't matter. Okay, I didn't see any building maintenance people. I didn't see the linen services. I, uh, I didn't see the, the security guys necessarily. I didn't, um, I didn't fill in the insurance stuff. Okay. But all of them had to play their part for a baby to be born. And, um, and so I want to I help you this morning that for you to play your role in church doesn't mean it has to be right here in the spotlight. You just need to do what you're called to do. But you need to do it. Because otherwise, that baby won't grow as it should. And um, so that's the first thing. Okay, Just because it's seen doesn't mean that it's... Or just because it's not seen doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. All right? And then I want to just... Uh, something I thought I wanted to touch on. You guys still with me? Yeah. Is um, There's a divide between um, the secular and spiritual purpose. So, so what I mean with that, okay, it's like... So many of you often look at this, okay, great, Hannes, you get paid by the church at least, so well done, okay, you can do this midweek, and uh, we don't have that. I actually have to go and work, all right, fair point, but I want to touch on this, okay, I want to think right back to Adam and Eve, and how many of you can remember Adam and Eve in the garden before they sinned, what was their purpose? Okay, the youth isn't allowed to answer because I preached this at youth once, one night, okay, if they can remember this, okay, this was the, this was the purpose for Adam and Eve, okay, firstly, is to know God. That's what they were called to, is that to walk with God. The secondly was to have relationship with one another. God says, no one another multiply for the earth, okay? And then, you know what the third one was? It was to work. I always thought work was a product of the fall, <laughs> okay? It wasn't, <laughs> okay? That to work. Do you know that in heaven one day we're going to work? This work's prepared for us. And so, now... This, I think this lie that the enemy tells us, no, because you have to work, and some of you think, I don't have to work, I can just do what I want to do. Okay, that's a lie, firstly. But just because it comes with that, and it, and it does come with that, means like, 
okay, I actually can't play what I need to play. Um, I'll, I'll give whatever leftover time I had. And I just want to say, that is, I think, one of the biggest lies that the enemy comes at the church at. Because in the beginning, God ordained that all of us have to work. I have to work. You know, sometimes for me, I need to be more cautious because my work and church becomes so blurry with God that I either can just, can just work or not. And, um, and so I want to, I want to say for us that for all of us, okay, uh, sorry, and then New Testament, a new one got installed that the birth of the church happened and then Jesus said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit and I'll give you gifts to build the church. Okay, so that's where the, the fourth purpose that was installed in the Bible, okay? So if you wanted to know what your life purpose is, there we go. It's to know God, to have a relationship with one another, to work and to build the church. That's it. That's all of our purpose, okay? I'm kicking this stuff over again. And, um, and so I, wanna, I wanted to, to highlight that for you. If the enemy comes at you and says, you can't do what you're supposed to do because you have a job, okay? God instilled in the beginning that all of us have to work. And so our challenge is to find out, okay, Lord, what is my lane that I need to play? And how do I fulfill that? And don't get either caught to the one side because we can do one more than the other. Um, but how do we fulfill the purpose of the Lord that he has instilled for us? Um, does it make sense for you guys? Is it helping? Are you guys with me? Okay. Um, did I explain that well enough? Okay. Um, and then just something else that I wanted to highlight, the third point that I want to highlight for us. I think one thing that derailed many people in the church is that we trade the Im- eternal, the one day, for the immediate. Okay? And that's why I said the mist. Okay? So now, um, he said, Timothy, or, or Paul said this. He said, do your best to come to me quickly for Demas because he loved this world has deserted me and has gone on to Thessalonica. And here you see a guy back in the day already, okay, this is soon after Jesus was gone. And you with Paul, I was just thinking, man, if you were with Paul, at least surely you would have been able to do what you had to do. And uh, he's traveling with Paul, and then he says, the mass loved this world. He loved the mist. And he deserted Paul, and he's gone on to do something else. And how many times do we see this around us, even in our own life, that we, and, and I'm not, it's, this is not a condemning word, but I, I want us to see it. How often do we do this? We, we fall to loving this world because we forget about the internal. We love the mist. We love the mist. Yeah. And, he, and so I want to say, don't trade eternity and the treasures that we're supposed to store up for something that looks pleasing for this moment and actually desert God. Desert the call. Desert what we're supposed to be doing here. You know, one of the most terrible stories in the Old Testament is when Esau, Esau traded his inheritance for some soup. And we're all thinking it today, like, how could you do it? Like, we do the same thing so often, you know. It's where we trade what we can see for something we can't see. And then I want to add this, that maybe... Some of you often feel that, man, I, I have done that now, and I've actually stepped out of lane, and, um, and how do I get back? And there's a story, um, we actually read it in the week. How many have read that portion where Barnabas and Mark and Paul were traveling to the, together, John Mark? Can you guys remember that? And then John Mark actually wanted to go to his family. Like, and Paul was angry because this guy was lazy. He wanted to go back to his house. And he actually said, I'm never traveling with John Mark again. Can you guys remember that? It was the first church, or one of the first splits, okay? And so Barnabas was offended because he liked Mark. And so I think Paul took Luke with him or someone, or Silas. And so they went together and Barnabas and John Mark went together. And he was, I mean, he wrote that in there for everybody, everybody to read after. Like, John Mark was lazy. He's never traveling with me again. All right? How's that? And, um, 
But then again, we see this in, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11. He says, this, only Luke is with me. So that's the guy that he took with him. And then he says, but get Mark. And it's actually, if you go back and look, he's speaking about John Mark. All right. He says, get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. How cool is that? That actually the picture got concluded or, or, or got restored where in the beginning he, he hated, the, or not hated this guy, but he strongly opposed him because he was, he was lazy and he wanted to just go back to his family in Paul's eyes, okay? I think it was quite a cost to travel with Paul, by the way. And, uh, and then he says in the end, but get Mark and bring him because he is helpful to me. And I just want to say, if there, if there is a feeling among us that, man, I've actually missed the boat and I've stepped out of the lane and now what? Now I just, I'm stuck in this job and I just need to do what I need to do. That actually there is restoration available. And, and, and God can restore us. He can call us back and bring us back on track. And, the, and it is possible for us to be restored, all right? Lost inheritance, lost inheritances that can be redeemed. And um, two more points, and then we're going to land. But uh, my fourth one is that nothing is too small for God because God is so great, okay? And uh, I think sometimes, um, now, where this comes from is Second Timothy 4.13, where it says, bring, or when you come, Bring the cloak that I left with you, uh, with carpets that throw us, and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Now, I said this earlier, but like, I just wonder how this made the Bible, okay? And when Timothy was reading this, like, okay, Paul, surely you can tell someone else to do that. I'm, I'm the guy that's supposed to set an example in faith, in speech, in love, in purity. And, uh, yeah, he's reading this in front of the church and says, bring my jacket that I forgot. All right? And, um, and, and you know, there's, um, I think there's two, two lies that the enemy often uses. He says one well, that, that I highlighted earlier is that just because it's not seen, it doesn't matter. And the, the other one is like, surely that's below me to do that. <laughs> All right. And um, a story that I remember, and I, I won't highlight any, any names because I do want color to come back and you guys to receive him one day. But... <laughs> anyway, Kala, he's a good friend of mine. But there was a, one of the years that we traveled to Russia, and I, he knows I'm joking about it, this with him. But Kala is great in many ways, but Atman is not one of his strengths, okay? He's terrible with that. And, um, and he is ultra forgetful, okay? So one year we traveled to Russia, and um, it cost a lot, okay? And I remember that year, man, this, I think this was pre, I didn't even work for the church. So this came out of our pockets and people that paid, and it was, a, it was costly, you know? And um, that year, Flip, we just forgot thing after thing, okay? Like, uh, we get somewhere and Carla said, oh, man, I forgot my phone charger at that house. And, okay, Russia is quite a large country. It's the biggest, okay? So you can't just simply travel back to go get it there. And uh, then the one night, we, 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 our train was like at 10 past 12, and we were 24 hours late because we thought it's the previous night. And it was like everything just went wrong, okay? And, um, and so eventually the Lord told me this, Hannes. Your job for this trip is to go up off the color and to how, take the admin off him and make sure that everything runs smoothly. And initially I thought, surely, I mean, I've prepped worship songs in Russian to, to do here so that we can, uh, no jokes, okay? I practiced Russian to sing because I'm supposed to lead, okay? And, uh, and I prepped preachers, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a gift here that I, I'm supposed to come in. And uh, there was just none of that, that whole trip. And the Lord just said, Pick up after him, bring his cloak, and, and help the trip run smoothly. Okay? And uh, I remember initially thinking, yes, like it, I paid 20,000 Rand to be here. <laughs> okay? Definitely not to bring someone else's stuff the whole time. So there was times where we get someone, he's like, oh man, I think I forgot my iPad. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I got you. And, uh, and uh, to, to help. And, uh, and you know, there was this moment in the trip that I just felt the Lord is so pleased with what, what I'm doing now. It's okay. Yeah. And nobody had to know. Not today, all of you know. But <laughs> during the trip, no one had to know. And, uh, and I just felt God was so okay with that. And I didn't get any of the shine that year that I was writing back to, the, to my mother and father and saying, you won't believe we had this worship time and this happened. No. I brought the cloak that he forgot. And uh, yet, if it wasn't for that, I think that trip could have potentially been really rocky. Okay? And, um, and, and God was so okay with that. And, and you know, in, in church... I think one of, one, of the, one of the biggest fears, so I'll say this, for, and, and Ivan can maybe say as well because he led this. One of the f- most fearful things in church life is like we, when God speaks to us, gives us vision, we need to bring it to the church. And the first question that always comes to my head is like, who will do it? Who will do it? Who will help? Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's like, I don't know if it was like that with you, but I'm almost like, okay, cool, we need to do that, but that requires this and this and this. Who's going to help? And... Um, and I, actually, that's one of the one of the ways that I felt it when we planted Azerfontein, because we sent a lot of like the, the the servants among us, you know. And I, for the first few months, I actually felt that I was like, "Oh, shucks, okay, we need to do this. Who's going to help?" And actually, there's many that stepped into roles that nobody actually knows about even today. I mean, some of you among us here today do stuff that nobody knows. But if it's not for that, I get caught up in that and I actually can't devote myself to prayer and the Word and to lead us. And um, I just want to, what I want to stir us here is like, it serves the church when God flags something for you. It's like, you can play this role. You know, I highlighted Lisa Marie last week that did all the coffee stuff that made it neat. Nobody asked her. But it, even just looking at that, it makes such a difference. Yeah? Uh, out of her own. And um, doing stuff out of their free will to serve the house of God. And nobody even has to know about it sometimes. But God knows. And actually, those moments, not always the preaching moments, storing up treasures in heaven, that one that we can put before God and say, you knew, Lord. It was for you. Right. And um, is this coming across okay? Um, and so I, I really want to stir you that in order for you to do what God wants you to do, doesn't mean it has to be here. For some, it has to be here. All right? Some of you have to grow into it. But for some, you just need to find your role that you need to play and you need to do it. Okay? But it, need, it requires action. For all of us. Faith without works is dead. There is action for all of us. Alright. I want to I wanna land there. Um, but the, so, something of this, you know, and how does this come into being devoted to one another, is um, there, there is something precious, actually, that we can say that our lives belong to one another. I'm here to be at your service. I'm not, the yet, I'm not here to get the shine and to be the one that gets the spotlight. I think much of my reward I actually lose here on earth already because, of, because I'm standing here. All right? but, but there's a desire in my heart that first of all, I give myself to the Lord and then by the will of God also to others. You know that it's a will of God that we give ourselves to one another. And, um, and I, I really want to stay this morning. Again, this is why I, I think God ordained it for us to be here this morning. That many of the front runners and the berserkers and those who would speak up first and those who would do stuff is not here this morning. And I'm not saying we're doing nothing. But many of those are gone. And um, there's something in this this morning that God wants to say is that you have a place in this body to fulfill what you need to fulfill. Sometimes it's bringing a cloak. 
Sometimes it's bringing, singing, doing worship and it opens something up for the rest of us. Sometimes it's bringing a prophetic word. Sometimes it's doing the coffee at the back and uh, changing that without anyone knows, knowing. Sometimes it's serving at community and opening up your house every week. I think of Hannes and Penny who opens up their house for us every week, you know? Like I think there's a cost to it. Sometimes it's, um, I don't know. I don't want to go through the list, okay? But what is it that the Lord has for you to fulfill your purpose that's pleasing to the Lord? And that actually, you know, I'm just saying, Paul couldn't have done what we're reading in Acts without the hundreds of people that was alongside him. Impossible. Okay? He couldn't have helped birth the church without those guys doing what they had to do. Without the Priscilla and Aquila. And about those hosting him. This morning we read about that Lydia lady that he, that he met. And uh, when, he, when he was out of prison, where did he go? He went to Lydia's house because that's where the saints were gathering. People that made the Bible because of their, playing their role in the house of God. And um, I want to I bring that to you guys this morning. Did, did, did it come across all right? It's making sense. And um, so I think for a response this morning, what I, what I want to ask for us is like, I want you to, like, man, as we're reading Acts, and uh, if, you, if you haven't joined us with Acts, I want to stir you. You've got nine days left. Jump in, okay? We're going we're gonna to go for it. But, but I can feel as I'm reading it like there's a hunger in my heart for us to be that which God started, you know, like the birth of His house. And for there to be miracles and signs and wonders among us. Baptisms, we're doing a baptism today. Like people getting saved, baptized, there's reasoning. But the church of God was shining, you know. When, Peter, or when Paul got to Jerusalem, um, what we read today, he says, he's been all over the world preaching this message. Like it impacted the world. And um, how do we play our part? That we can say we are fulfilling our function, like Donna said, like even if we have a finger, but if the finger hurts, we feel it. But we, we need to play our role in the house of God. And um, so, so maybe you guys can help me, but I, but I feel what, what we can do is like just say to the Lord again, God, we, we do devote ourselves to you. But it's just as spiritual, as spiritual to devote ourselves to one another, even when it gets the least shine. Say, God, but I want to be who you want me to be. And I actually want God to speak to us to say, God, would you show us areas that's, that's lacking among us and, um, and where we can strengthen your house? Uh, as we were doing orientation in communities as well, I'm saying to my community every week, I said, guys, I hope none of you come to church or you're going to come to church on Sundays and you're going to look at this thing and ask, how healthy is it? How well is it built? It's a, that's why we're doing it, you know. I want you to look at it. We're not coming to a service. We're looking at the church and we're asking a question, how healthy is it? Where's the gaps and how can I help fulfill it? And um, so I want to ask, if you want to just say, God, I want to devote myself to your house and to these people, that you want to stand and I want to pray for us that the Lord would speak to us, like where's our role that we can play? I just want to land it like that. All right. Good. All right. So Jesus, just as we're speaking about it, I'm, con- I'm so, we're so privileged, actually, God, to be part of your house and to be part of the church that you started. It was your idea. And we want to give of ourselves firstly to you, but also by the will of God to one another. And, and that includes actually serving one another and, uh, and helping, playing our roles, doing what you want us to do. And, and, and this question is often for us, well, what am I supposed to do? And often we're waiting for someone to give us something to do, and then we think it's maybe out of our price range or whatever, or we can't do that. I just want to pray, God, would you open our eyes and our minds to see 
gaps that are lacking in your house. And actually gifts that you placed within us. How we can serve your house. And, and even as we're reading through Acts and as we sing how Paul wrote these names and people that served him, I pray in this week as we're reading, would you, would you highlight things in our hearts? Oh, that is something I can bring to the house of God and I can serve. And I pray that we again won't get stuck in this mindset that, oh, well, I have to work and I'll be there on Sundays, but you guys go with us. I pray, how do we fulfill the purpose of God that you've given us? That it's to know God, to have a relationship with one another, to work, but also to build your house through the gifts that you've given us. Open our eyes, God. I even pray, just even as we're praying now, could you drop things in people's minds of, I actually can do this. This is something I've been seeing for a while that is lacking. Maybe I can pick that up. This is, I see this is the area where, where that person is struggling. Maybe we can give meals there for, for a week. Maybe, maybe this is the area that I've seen those people are struggling. I can pray for them, but I can also do something to help. Um, but God, we, our aim is to please you. And we know that it requires faith, but help us to put action into the faith. And that we can fulfill what you want us to do. Lord, that we can store up many treasures in heaven in this mess that we have here on earth. Pray that none of us would get caught up thinking that this is it. Um, and this is why we're here is to just live a good life. But maybe use the mess, the little bit that we have here, to store up much treasure in heaven. In Jesus' name. Now, amen. Awesome. Thanks, Hannes. Why don't you guys have a seat just for a minute? Awesome. You're going to wrap up here. Beautiful. <laughs> As Hannes is sharing, I, I mean, I've been putting out chairs since I was four years old. I was like, man, can't I just not put chairs out anymore? Cleaning toilets while my dad's been preaching. What, what a privilege to serve the Lord, in however and wherever, however it looks. I was actually had my notes this morning. I actually missed it earlier. I didn't know what Hannes was going to share, but Murphy, stand up real quick there. Man, this guy hides behind this. I know he doesn't want any glory, but man, Murphy... Thank you. It's just behind, behind the scene, behind the, behind the speakers. We don't see him, but serving us. Just a good illustration of what people are doing behind the scenes. And we're going to end off in a, probably about two, three minutes. But can we do one thing before we leave? Um, why don't you jump on the keyboard real quick? We can just take this word now. It's like, ah, oh, that was great preach, Hannes. Awesome. And you know what? By next week, I've probably forgotten it. Um, there's so much happening in the life of church. There's so much happening in business and life. But can we take just probably two, three minutes just with the person next to you, just maybe getting uh, groups of three, four. And there was a word that came through earlier that some, someone might need healing in this place. And we want to honor that, acknowledge that, and recognize that. Uh, but find out anyone that needs healing in your group, for one. And then pray that this will be activated into our lives, what we heard this morning. Just pray for each other. It might be family, it might be friends. Those that are new, just gather out some of that are new here. And just for a few minutes, just, Lord, activate this in my life. Let it not, let it not be just a year, but let me be a doer of the words. So, yeah, just get into groups of three or four. Find out if anybody needs healing first off. Pray briefly for healing. And then pray for the gift to be activated. Thanks, God.
Lord, you're worthy, God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, we worship you this morning. And yeah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for putting us into your family. Lord, what a privilege to be part of your bride, part of the family, the church. For each one that's in this place, God, that they find their place in you. We lay our lives afresh this morning at your feet. Lord, whatever whatever's needed, Lord, to serve you. So God, we thank you for each person in this place that you brought part of this family. God, as we go out into this week, let us be your hand extended. Um, yeah, pray blessings upon each person. May your blessings rest upon each person, God. Let them feel their worth in you, the worth in part of this family. Sure. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this morning just to realign our hearts to serve you. King of kings, Lord of lords. Love you, Jesus. Amen. We love you guys. <laughs> Chantel, we love you. Each one of you is special. Have an awesome week. Don't run away. It's coffee at the back. Bless you guys. We'll see you during the week. Baptism. Baptism will be right at the Purple Hut at James. What time? About 12 o'clock, the baptism at the Purple Hut. Um, In Sarah Hut. Perfect. Let's celebrate. Thanks, guys.